0: hello and welcome to move the line presented by fanduel sportsbook i'm ryan noonan joined here as always by my friends connor allen sharp clark to talk nfl size and totals week 12 cannot believe we're in week 12. connor what's going on buddy how are we doing today
1: Pretty good. You know, Thanksgiving week. It's a little bit strange. We're doing this show on a a Tuesday here instead of a Wednesday. It's kind of thrown us into a bit of a scramble. It was kind of weird doing like my pre-week prep on a Monday when there's still being a game. So I don't know. I was a little bit in a jumble there, but overall pretty good. You know, excited for the week. Thursday and Friday will present some interesting games, I think. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm going to jumble here as well. Um, We'll figure it out. It's okay. It's Tuesday. We'll we'll, uh, give our best with all the information that we have. Clark, what's going on, buddy? How are we doing today?
2: Good, good. Yeah, I'm a little behind too, but I've watched all the games that are relevant to what we're going to talk about today. So uh, I think I'm at least I'll at least have something to say.
0: Yeah, that's a big Tuesday uh, thing for me, and I was kind of out of pocket uh, with life things yesterday, so I feel like a little extra scrambled. Tackles are such a priority uh, for me and our subscribers, so I've tried to make up for that because yeah, you know, we're gonna have four games. Uh, some are already out, so we're trying to catch up there. So feel just uh, a little behind, but we're gonna do our best to give. Uh, you know, the, it, you know, with what we have for information now and very interesting market this week here as well. So typically here, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern here, obviously a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel here at 4 for 4 bets. So you don't miss a show. You should be able to find the podcast in your feed uh, this time Tuesday evenings, a little bit earlier. Subscribe so you don't miss a show. This is free content. Uh, so supporting it goes a long way in helping us do all the cool things that we like to do here at 4 for 4. Mm-hmm um all the tools all the stuff that we do you know content wise uh again thumbs up subscribes go a long way more than you would think here too so uh, don't forget two shows a week subscribing so you don't miss those you're gonna help get the friday prop drop show as well that's typically friday afternoons at 3 p.m eastern We're starting 30 minutes earlier this week because that's when the Dolphins-Jets game starts. We're going to try to get a little bit ahead of it, see if we can get some uh, Tim Boyle props or whatever's going to happen in that game. Um, Join us. Again, subscribe to this channel here so you don't miss that. Uh, You can find the podcast there as well. Uh, The betting subscription is what gets access to our official picks, all the plays that we're making. You want to read everything that we write. uh, That's paywall on the site. You need the betting subscription. The betting sub, though, covers everything that we do. And uh, like I was here, like trying to explain how great the deal was that we had last week. We are now in like freebie mode uh, at this point. We are in Thanksgiving mode, Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals, betting subscription. I think probably from here on out, I don't know how we can discount it more. It is $19.99 for the rest of the season. So you, again, you get all of November, all of December, all of January, and then all of February for all the sports that we're betting with a betting subscription that's 20 bucks for you know three plus months of bets rankings articles tools projections the subscriber discord where we're betting you know horse racing you can bet soccer in there uh, kevin o'brien and his he's doing great stuff on the nba side you know that's where clark connor and i spend a lot of our time and uh send all of our plays in there too so 1999 you don't even need a promo code you literally just go to 444.com slash plans buy the betting sub 20 bucks Give us a test. You watch a show every, you know, every week. You kind of like us enough to come back most weeks. You haven't bought nineteen bucks. Pretty low barrier to entry to come and find out if we are worth our weight at all. Uh, again, for basically, you know, four months for for five dollars. If you want to do any of the pickup sites, Prize Picks, Underdog, Vivid Picks, we have channels in there as well for play. So head over to slash plans Sign up. Uh, more details here in the show notes. All right. As Connor touched on it a day earlier, a uh, little bit unknown in particular, like injury reports and such uh, things that are vitally handicapped. So we're going to do our best here. We're going to start with a few of the Sunday games. If you're looking for our thoughts on the Thanksgiving and black Friday stuff, you can check the show notes and skip or just hang out till we get there. We're going to start with Jacksonville and Houston. Uh, Jags one and a half point road favorites here. Total has been on the move. We're up from 44 and a half in the look ahead market FanDuel uh, has a forty-seven and a half. Basically, everywhere else is out to forty-eight and a half. Connor, what are your thoughts here on Jacksonville and Houston?
1: It's interesting because in their last matchup, the Texans uh, scored thirty-seven points. You know, went off, uh, and honestly, I think in my mind have only gotten better since. Like you know, continuously, it was a I think it was a pretty rocky road. You know, in the beginning, we saw some highs, we saw a couple lows here and there. Um, but just lately, it's been everything's clicking and everything's moving forward for this Texans team. Uh, and now on the other side, we have Trevor Lawrence and this Jags offense here. Uh, With the the factor of getting Jay Jones back, has opened up Calvin Ridley for a ton. Like he was uh, traditionally, or like at least lately, without Jay Jones, was been running clear out routes, running down the sidelines. But with Jay Jones back, they've been able to move him around a little bit more. So it gives Trevor Lawrence more optionality there as well. So. I kind of lean towards the over here. I don't have too much of a take on the side. Like if I had to pick a side, I guess I would probably pick the Texans at home, but um, I feel like that seems a little bit square to be honest at this spot. Um, so I, I would just lean towards the over here.
0: Yeah, Clark, is an impressive bounce back win for the Jags. You and I, I think we we're on that side last week there too. Uh, I don't think beating the Titans is impressive per se, but they really dominated in all facets of the game. That's what you'd want to see for a team that we want to, if you want to think that they're a contender, if you want to think that they are probably the right team to back in the division. Well, Houston had a pretty nice win as well. Like Cardinals are kind of plucky now with with Kyler back. Um, This is uh, interesting comparative to what we saw back in week three. Like the Texans won comfortably back in week three. They got to a 17-zip lead at the half, extended that out. They won 37-17. Divisional prices right now, Jacksonville minus 250 on FanDuel, Houston plus 240 best number there on Caesars, I think is also an interesting way to kind of cap this game And if you had a, a particular lean.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And if the Jags win this, I think the division is theirs. Uh, they're playing in Houston, obviously. But we saw all the things that we have wanted to see from the Jaguars last week on offense. With Zay Jones back, They you know, just like Connor said, they started using Calvin Ridley in better ways. He is the key to their offense, I think. I think without getting Calvin Ridley involved, they're just not good enough to make a run in the AFC. But if they get it going like they did last week, against the Titans, and the Titans' offense sucks, but their defense is still pretty decent. So it was an impressive showing from the Jaguars' offense. Uh, now they have to go on the road against Houston, and I think this is a very plucky Texans team. I understand why uh, this line is as low as it is, but there has been a little bit of Jags money in the market, and it has been a little over money in the market. The over money I get, because we see the Jags' offense clicking. We see CJ Stroud and this Houston offense clicking. So there should be points here. But the Jags' money, I think, is a little aggressive because – you know, ultimately CJ Stroud's arc as a player is still, you know, going up. Like his comfort in this offense, the receivers are getting healthy. Um Noah Brown missed last week, but he had Tank Dell and Nico Collins and Robert Woods, may have all four this week. Uh, the run game was actually starting to work for the Texans and, you know, granted it was the Cardinals defense and the Jaguars defense has been much better, but I think this is a a Texans team that is on the rise. There's every reason to think they're going to get better as the season goes on. Um, and so if the Jags hadn't have looked so good last week, I think I would find myself on the Texans, but this is probably a pass for me at at current numbers again, lean over, but the money's already come in and pushed it up past the value number for me. It's
0: two pluckies in in one little thing here uh, and the i said the cardinals were plucky texans are plucky so yeah i mean um any interest in like in teasing this we're kind of in the spot for you know if you had any texans love clark um you know they're kind of in the right place where we'd want to consider that
2: yeah i would definitely consider one and a half to seven and a half for a teaser leg on houston i like that look a lot
0: Right, yes, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I just think Houston's fun. And part of that's like, it's kind of like they're like the Jags of last year or it's this team or, you know, maybe they're a year away from being a year away. But all of a sudden, like things kind of fall out and they're in a spot where they're, they become pretty interesting. Uh, part of it for me is like, I like the Texans to win just as a fan of football because then it like, it brings them up a little bit. And what we do is we're pushing some of the, uh AFC North teams down a little bit right so like it's not even about the division at this point it becomes like who's going to get 6 and 7 so we don't have to have no offense to like Kenny Pickett playoff game or uh you know a DTR playoff game like trying to to hedge that off as a fan so uh yeah going to be an interesting one I do think that the uh Texans teaser leg is is pretty interesting it's also right,
1: crazy th- how how you yeah. mentioned uh the, the Texans offense here it's like, you're like, oh, Nico Collins tanked out Noah Brown. Like at those, at this point, those are like household names, you know, but like heading into the season, you're like, look at these scrubs, you know, you're like, who like, uh, who is he going to throw to, even if he is good. and turns out everything is just clicking like CJ Stroud's ball placement is incredible. These receivers are getting open. You know, a lot of, uh, the blood Bobby Sloak's play calls and designs are great where he's like able to go through his reads. It's just like, it, it's magical. What can, what can happen when there's multiple good facets in place there.
0: Yeah, and this is kind of the Tank Dell game uh, where he really emerged in that first game as he, uh, against the Jags, he kind of blew up in that game. I think he went for like six and 145 or something like that. So, uh, yeah, he's he's talented, small guy, but talented. You know, uh, just fun to watch. All right, next, New Orleans in Atlanta. Uh, this is, again, shop around if you have a lean. FanDuel as the Falcons as a one and a half point home favorite here. There are other books like DraftKings and MGM that have the Saints favor by one. Total sitting at 42. 42 and a half another crucial division matchup here uh both clubs coming off of a week 11 bye which i think is interesting the key news here to monitor is new orleans quarterback situation we already have the answer on the atlanta side it is desmond ritter's gig again for the saints Derek Carr is dealing with a shoulder injury and is in concussion protocol they also before the bye in that last game against the vikings loss marshawn Lattimore. And Michael Thomas, both two multi-week injuries. So it's Tuesday. Injury reports are really late on a Tuesday because most teams are off or you know limited or whatnot. It's film day and stuff, so we don't really have first injury report until Wednesday um, in most instances. But Lattimore and Michael Thomas are out in this one. So uh, what do you think, here, Clark? What do you think? This is you know kind of a another very similar situation to the, the games we just talked about.
2: Yeah, where the slightly better team is on the road, so so the spread is yeah. like virtually zero. Well, I guess let's
0: start Um, with what if it's, what's the, where do you see the line if it's Carr or Jameis? Like, what do you think the impact is there? I
2: think this is a Derek Carr line. Uh, Jameis did not look good in relief of Derek Carr in that game. Um, I also didn't think he looked particularly good earlier in the season when he came in. He's too inconsistent, too indecisive. Um, He's not moving the offense the way Derek Carr has been. And and that's, you know, Derek Carr has not been playing all that well, but it was night and day different for me when I was watching the film. So if, if Derek Carr is out, I think the Falcons move closer to minus three in this, in this game. And I think if it's Derek Carr, then it's right where it should be. Um, I like Desmond Ritter. I like the move back to him. I think, you know, you, you gave Heineke a couple games. He wasn't showing you anything that was going to change your season. You kind of know who Heineke is at this point, whereas Desmond Ritter still, I think, has a little bit to prove. The problems with Ritter, and I think this is kind of what uh, Arthur Smith was saying, is the problems are fixable, right? They're turnovers. They're fumbles. You know, they're in, in in like every now and then inaccurate passes at really key moments. If he can tighten up those things, he can do more with this offense than Heineke is capable of. So I do like the move back to Ritter. I'm not sure that's really going to matter long term. But um, for me, I'd be more excited betting the Saints if it was Heineke. Uh, but those injuries to the Saints matter. I'm not betting this until I have any certainty on Carr. Um, this is another game where the spread is right. And <laughs> sometimes you just can't find an edge.
0: Marshall Lattimore has been awesome this year. He's, he's kind of been, I think, he's grown into like a little bit of an overrated cornerback over the last couple of years. A lot of the metrics this year are saying he's probably a little bit underrated. He's been he's been fantastic. Um, so it's an important loss for them moving forward. Connor, any thoughts on this matchup here?
1: Yeah, kind of like the under. I, I don't know. I thought that 42 and a half seemed a little bit high for two teams with I mean, uncertainty, a quarterback uh, on both sides. We know that Atlanta is going to want to run the ball regardless. Uh, and Saints run defense has been pretty solid here. Second run to EPA per play. Um, I mean, I could see that the Saints kind of doing the same thing here, just like going extremely run heavy, regardless if we have Derek Carr or James Winston. So, um, And I don't really see either team having too much success. Now, randomly, these teams passing attacks turn on. And so that's the risk is that if one of them turns on, it like escalates the other. But, you know, I think in like a neutral state here, uh, we're probably not going to see that. So I, I did play a little bit on the under here at 42 and a half. I thought it would be closer to like 40, 41, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I don't mind that look at all. I, I feel like it was interesting to see him, him, uh, Arthur Smith, get away from like the, I don't know, a little bit of the fuckery that we've seen. Um, and like before the bye was like leaning on his dudes finally a little bit. And they're like, reports that he's been kind of squeezed to do so that bodes very well for the falcons i would think moving forward if all of a sudden you're going to actually lean on drake london and kyle pitts and B. John robinson uh versus trying to find ways to feature matt collins and you know run end arounds with John o. smith and stuff like that so um i'm interested to see if that's sticky if there's anything to that and i think these are impactful injuries on the saint side so i definitely want to see how the quarterback situation plays out but i would lean falcons in this game but I also think the Falcons are probably more I'd rather just similar to what I did earlier talking about like the Texans that probably want to take the one and a half and tease it up, uh, especially with a low score like this and the way that I think this game's going to go. So that'd be my lean. I'm going to kind of watch the news there. All right. Next we have uh, Buffalo on the road in Philly. This is Philly three and a half on FanDuel. There's some slightly juiced threes out there in the market as well. Total sitting between 48, 48 and a half, depending on your book. I took over. 47 in the look-end window. I have no idea why this isn't 50-51. Maybe you guys can explain this to me a little bit or if you have any thoughts here. In my opinion, this is treating the Bills' defense like it's 100%. We know that that's not true. It got even worse on Sunday against the Jets. We have starting corner Dane Jackson, slot corner Teron Johnson. They both left the game with concussions. We've seen how that goes this season. You're sitting out the following week if you were concussed in-game. Micah Hyde left the game early with a neck stinger probably plays, but uh, we'll see. And then uh, backup safety, Taylor Rapp, has been awesome when he gets on the field, carted off with a neck injury. Luckily, he's fine moving forward. I can't imagine he's back this week. So they're paper thin on top of all these new injuries, cluster injuries in the back half against uh, an Eagles offense that I think pretty highly of, maybe a little bit more highly uh, of than Clark. Uh, but uh, What do you think here? Where should we be at with this total?
2: Well, the injuries do matter. If all those guys miss, then then probably, yeah, the total is going to keep climbing. We haven't seen everyone with a concussion miss, especially non-skill player positions. I mean, even last week, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau suffered a concussion, came back against Washington. So it can happen. We'll we'll see how those those injuries progress. But I'm actually looking potentially to wait until it's finished steaming over and then take the buyback on the under because – Uh, what, yes, the Bills defense suffered some injuries and I'll I'll probably need to see some of those guys in, but what I liked about their game against the Jets is that defense was flying around they were aggressive. They were moving fast. They were tackling. This was the type of aggression that the Bills defense has lacked since basically dating back to the second half of last year. Like they've been playing this kind of soft passive zone. It's funny. They fired the offensive coordinator and it was the defense that ended up looking very different to me. Um, now, you know, maybe that's just, hey, we know Zach Wilson can't beat us deep. Let's just, you know, pin our ears back and get after him. But I also think that it's kind of a, a a focus that the defense is putting in into being more aggressive. So what we saw from the Chiefs last night was really causing the Eagles problems without Dallas Goddard as a safety valve. Jalen Hurts really struggled last night. Uh his, his offensive possessions were really poor. Their offensive designs weren't good. They were throwing a lot of wide receiver screens unblocked. So it was like, you know, I, I don't know what they're expecting him to do uh you know one bomb to Devonta Smith was really all the offense they got going and a couple breakaways for for Swift but this is a Eagles offense that I I still think is struggling to find its identity and when it does do well it's typically slowly right it's third and two you run the ball you got a fourth and one you do the you know the tush push you are running 30 seconds off the clock 30 seconds off the clock um the only time that I really fear over is an Eagles game is when the Eagles are trailing because they can put up points in a hurry when they need to we saw that last night so um, if, if I don't think the Bills are going to take a lead in this one, which I don't, I don't think they will, I think this is the kind of game where the clock just keeps ticking and and the Eagles, you know, kind of inconsistent offense. The Bills have also struggled on offense without Dawson Knox. They've been limited in what they can do on offense. And if it wasn't for, an, again, a, a deep pass from Josh Allen last, last week against the Jets, the Bills offense really didn't do all that much. So these are two offenses that I think are getting a little too much credit in the marketplace still. So depending on those injuries, I, I might be looking to play the under.
0: Hey, Connor, we don't care about uh, just one Devonta Smith, you know, bomb being uh, all it took last night, right? Cash some money there. Yeah, no, that was that was nice, but I I kind of disagree with like a lot of
1: what you just said there. So um, I thought the Bills Bills offense played pretty well against the Jets, considering they avoided the teeth of the defense, like the outside corners. They threw zero targets to Gabe Davis. Stephon Diggs wasn't even that involved. Uh, Dalton Kincaid played fairly well, forty six yards, but Shakir had like another big day over the middle. You know i had a couple of catches before that um so i thought that that was joe brady scheming up to avoid purposely avoid the uh, the toughest parts of the jets jets defense which in my mind was really encouraging um and so and and personally i i just i think that the, the offense is way better without dawson knox i think the whole 12 personnel shit like wasn't even working like at all um so i i'm like way in a different boat on that aspect um but the other side too like this bill's defense has been bad for like 6 weeks and then they just like cleaned up on the Jets and they're now injured. So like they were already injured and like they I mean they were playing terrible for like 5 6 weeks like they were like bottom 5 in basically every metric and then cleaned up on the Jets. They looked awesome. I will give you that 100%. But I put zero credit into that because I think the Jets offense stinks out loud. Their offensive line is banged up. Their Dak Wilson is horrendous. Um so I don't know. I see it completely differently. I think that they're like it doesn't mean that it's going to go over, but I, I really like the over here. It's still even a 48.5 just because of this Bills defense. And I think the offense is interesting.
2: I'm yeah, I, I, think the number is, on that. I think the number is the key, right? Like NFL totals have been lower this year than they have in previous years because it's been really hard for teams to put up points. Like we saw last week, Cardinals, Texans, right? Everyone was on the over. Like, look at how these offenses are going to move the ball. Game ended with what, well, like 39 points? It was like they weren't even close to the total Uh 36 points. Maybe it, it, these it's really hard. Like NFL games, for whatever reason, the way defenses are playing the way, you know, they're being called. I don't know what it is. I, I have some theories, but we don't have to get into that right now. It's making these high totals really, really hard to hit. And so when you're getting a total, that's, you know, getting close to 49 now, maybe it does touch 50. If these guys are out, like we're talking about everything having to go correctly. Like last night, you know, the chiefs moving the ball. Well, Fumble on you know on the 10-yard line, interception in the end zone, it kills like a half a quarter of the game. Like that one drive is just zero points for half a quarter of the game. And when you start to add those up over the course of a game, it's really tough to hit those high numbers. So I'm not necessarily saying, oh, the Bills defense is, you know, gonna dominate this matchup against the Eagles. It's just I think there's reasons to put doubt on both of these offenses, especially the way the Eagles defense played last night. They're really coming together. Uh, and both these defenses have been reinforced with free agent acquisitions. So I think the bills losing those players early was really tough for them to handle in the first couple of games, but they've been building back up. And I, I think that better than their numbers have been the last few weeks, uh, not so much like before that, but I think they've been trending up in a way that doesn't necessarily show up in the metrics. And so that's what I'm expecting to continue.
0: Yeah. I love the over. Um, I have a lot of belief in both the offenses having success here. We've seen the Eagles have times this season where you know, we've had – the Commanders game is the one that always comes to mind. I think they scored like 37 points. They had two fumbles at the goal line still, and they still just – I know when the Commanders are, you know, a unique – I don't know, like an outlier, but they're one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, I think maybe saying Buffalo is one of the worst defenses in the league is probably a stretch. It's not something I'm I'm confident in doing, but I think that they're not very good, and I think that, the, you know, drowning in a little bit of the Jets film um, which Zach Wilson will uh you know i think make you feel like they're a little bit better and again like i think part of the eagles defensive success last night is more just drop balls the chiefs kind of not having you know a groove in that game and yeah i the, the eagles team total is available on fanduel 25 and a half 26 and a half um on draftkings i mean i absolutely love it's that bet under. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a hat like- bet
1: yeah, it might be. Oh, man. I still can't <laughs> believe that Clark missed uh, Kansas City bet last last night. I mean, that was I, like uh, the Chiefs should have scored thirty points. Like, I mean, I know. that's literally I know. MBS. By the way, MBS sucks. Like, he might be
2: one of the worst wide receivers in the league. Like, I, I he's em-
1: embarrassingly bad.
2: The Kelsey fumble awesome. was worse, and the yeah. even the fourth down and twenty four. Like, he hits Justin Watson in the hands, and it's like, yeah, yeah, well, I almost mean, in the
1: end zone. He threw a pick yeah, in the end, in the the end, end
2: zone. I mean, it's, that's like, like never. I, I feel good about my handicap. I feel good about my handicap, but you lose games like that. You know, it's,
0: it's fine. Get back to me on a hat bet. If you want the under on the Eagles uh, team total. Um, Yeah. It's uh one of my favorite I bets. Know, we'll,
2: we'll sell on a number offline.
0: Okay. All right. uh Now let's move on to some of the uh Thanksgiving and black Friday stuff. Three Thanksgiving divisional matchups. Uh, another one on black friday we we're kind of talking earlier i think there are good teams in action which is which is good but i i think we could be looking at four clunker island games over the next few days to be interesting to get you guys thoughts here as we kind of buzz through these a little bit green bay detroit's the first one as always uh we're not kind of in you know it's usually kind of a stinker like that yeah, could be the travel game or you can help your wife get prepared or your significant other get prepared for whatever's going on in the kitchen but like lions games now are kind of fun to watch especially when they're home seven and a half point home favorites here total's been a popular early look 44 and a half in the look ahead window now with the 46 and a half on Fanduel, 47 and a half out there in some other shops connor for me this is lions or nothing i would love to get your thoughts i think chicago is a little frisky now golf turned it over a bunch But I think it was good to see the Lions bounce back. Like Historically, that's a game that Detroit kind of folds like a cheap shirt. Um, I think they're going to have to tighten up things defensively when we get into like the later part of December and January if we're going to talk about them actually being NFC contenders. Those questions don't need to be answered here uh, against the Packers necessarily. Aaron Jones out. I think we've kind of seen that this year already. It's not been great on the Packers side. Uh, What are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Yeah. I, I don't have too much to take on the game. I, I do think it's interesting. Detroit secondary was pretty overrated a couple weeks ago. You know, they're like numbers, were like top eight, top nine and most metrics. And I think that we knew that was fraudulent. And that's kind of been the case the last couple of weeks here. Um, and we've seen other teams have success. Now, I guess, how does that translate to what we saw from Jordan Love? Like in the last game that they played, they were down 27 to three at halftime. So like third and they cut it to 34 20 at the end of the game. So, but I mean, he was throwing basically the entire game, which I don't know if that's really where they want him to be. So it's like really, I think puts a major asterisk on, uh, you know, his efficiency numbers and for sure his total counting stats. Um, but I'm not really sure that there's like a great way for them to attack this Detroit team in general, because Aaron Jones is out. Um, like AJ Dillon is one of the least efficient running backs in the NFL at this point. And Detroit's run defense has been pretty solid, uh, you know, on the whole season. So it's like, it's going to have to be on Jordan Love consistently moving the chains early in the game to make sure that they stay with the game here. And I, Personally, I don't have enough faith in that to happen. If I did, I'd probably take the Packers at seven and a half here, but I don't. Um, so for me, it's kind of just a stay away. I guess I would lean over here. Another note too, Lions in their last game against the Packers ran the ball 43 times, lowest pass rate in the league of that week. But they also like ran it early too. It wasn't just when they got up. They just like ran the ball David Montgomery. Probably gonna be more Jameer Gibbs this time. So um not too much of a take on the game, but that's just kind of how I see it going.
0: Clark's gonna be on the Packers here. Am I right?
2: No, no, no. no! I wasn't shaking my head. I I think the Lions offense, there's every reason to anticipate that they just roll this matchup. I mean, playing at home, they're healthy for the most part. They beat them last time because they won in the trenches and they were able to capitalize downfield when, you know, when they were running the ball successfully forced Green Bay into tightening up at the line and it just opened everything up. It was like everything they wanted to do worked against them last time. And I'd, I didn't see any adjustments in game that the Packers were able to make to kind of stop what the Lions were doing. I haven't seen anything in the game since to think that the Packers defense has figured anything out. Jabari has no idea what he's doing. Um, they they're banged up, although they might get some reinforcements. Maybe Jair comes back this week. He was kind of close to playing last week, but I don't think it really matters. I think this Lions offense is really set to to kind of set this you know set the tone in this matchup and score. You know, pretty much at will. Like even against the Raiders, the Lions kind of struggled in the red zone a bit. I think they think that was an aberration. I think they can get the ball in the end zone. So whether or not you like the progression that Jordan Love has shown, I think is the key to this handicap. And I do, I do like what I've seen from Jordan Love. The last two weeks have been showing a lot of growth. When Aaron Jones went out last week, instead of plodding along with AJ Dillon, they were just like, well, let's just pass the ball, you know, and and forget that we have running backs. And I really like that move. And hopefully they continue that here. Um, because ultimately I like the over, I think the lions are going to score. And I think the Packers can score, um, either whether or not they're kind of keeping up or whether they're, they're kind of catching up. I'm not sure. Um, I think the spread is right, right at seven and a half is like The exact median spread for me um but i think the over is still exploitable even at 46 and a half even at 47 i would i'd play it but at 47 and a half it's too high for me
0: thing out free teaser legs i mean lions one and a half um i think is a is a great look here all right uh washington is on the road in dallas dallas a 10 and a half point favorite here on fandle 11s in the market as well uh, total is 40 and a half. Dallas has been a buzzsaw of late Well, they've been dominating bad football teams and Washington. I don't think Washington is really, I think if you rewatch some of that game, um, you know, the Dallas and uh, Giants game, or I'm sorry, the uh, commanders and Giants game, like a lot of turnovers were very impactful in that game. Uh, I don't think Washington's bad per se, um, but again, they're coming off of a pretty, um, you know, Tommy DeVito and the Giants is not a great, time to make a case for them to be a good football team. But ten and a half announce a big number, Clark, what are your thoughts on Dallas and the commanders?
2: I think the number is justified based on the quality of play from these teams. We've seen Cowboys are really, really good They're playing at home. Um, the problem is, you know, last year on Thanksgiving, they were nine and a half or so point favorites against the Giants, and they were clearly superior, completely justified line, and they still lost the backdoor cover. Um, because the Giants were playing so aggressively in comeback mode. And, you know, Brian Daywell had, was scheming up good offense back in those days. They actually had an offensive line in Daniel Jones. But I kind of see the same thing here from the commanders. Like when, when their backs against the wall, they're going to keep throwing passes, right? Sam Howell is a gunslinger to the core. And it's not the kind of team that I really feel comfortable laying a big number against. Um, and so this is definitely not a place where I'm looking to back the Cowboys. They, they've been big favorites several times and they've covered several times. Um, this is not one of those times where I think it's it's a safe bet to continue. So for me, it's commanders or pass,, uh, but because of how I've graded the teams to date, I think the number's are right on, so it's a pass for me. um I, I I would have liked the over, but the numbers come in at such a high number that um, it makes total sense to me. And for all the reasons I talked about earlier about playing those super high totals, I'm not super into it. So, uh, this is a pass for me and enjoy your Thanksgiving turkey or whatever it is you're doing. Um, maybe bet some props or something. But uh for me, the the, the books and the mar- betting market just did a good job of this game.
0: Same Howell attempts, Connor. What are you uh what are you looking at here? Yeah, that might be the
1: case. My my initial read on this game was like, okay, maybe you know, Washington plus 11 could make a little bit of sense here just because they've shown, I mean, we're we're just coming off of like two opposite performances here where Washington blew it as like a you know 10-point favorite, and Dallas, you know, absolutely steamrolled the Panthers here. But, you know at its core, like Dallas can get pressure and Sam Howell takes sacks. Like it's his job. And like, that's just, I mean, it's going to kill a lot of drives. It's going to kill a lot of issues. So like, I think that if he was able to somehow avoid taking sacks, uh, you know, I think that they could easily keep this game close and I'd be interested in playing the 11. Uh, but as it is, I, I just can't do that given, given what we've seen from him. So for me, it's kind of a, a pass there at that point.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm close to, I'm close to the commanders. The thing is, they their score steamrolled the Panthers last week, but it wasn't really as convincing as I thought it was when I, you know, you kind of see the scores roll in and you're like, oh, OK, Cowboys are taking care of business, but the Panthers. But it wasn't so much that it was like they did enough to kind of control the game and not really have it in doubt. And then they just had a pick six that kind of extended the score. Um, and obviously a pick six matters, right? It's points, but it took longer than I expected watching the game back for the Cowboys to assert themselves in that game. So I do think there's a little bit of vulnerability there.
1: Also, the uh, I think with the Cowboys' passing game, like they didn't look, you know, necessarily awesome uh, last week in a lot of ways. But prior to that, they were rolling, and this Commander secondary is played brutal, and that's that's a just a big, big mismatch, uh, unfortunately, on the other side.
0: Yeah, uh, comment in the chat. Can this be a look at for Dallas? Dallas plays on Thursday night against Seattle, um, so back to back Thursday night games for Dallas and Seattle. Um, so not a spot that I would necessarily highlight as a look at like a non-division rival um, home game like that. So, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think so. I think they you know, want to get up for a divisional foe more than, say, Sam Yeah, O'Reilly. they'll always
2: get up for Washington. I don't think there's any psychological angle there, yeah.
0: All right, next uh, we have San Francisco on the road in Seattle. It's moved out to seven um, on FanDuel. There's some 6 and in the market still as well. FanDuel's total 43-and-a-half. They're also 43s as well. I think the news to monitor for this one is – the status of Geno Smith hurt his bicep uh, last week's game against the Rams. Did come back. I suppose you know, Geno Smith, uh, 90% is better than than Drew Locke. Um, but I don't know. I don't know that I feel super good at a less than 100% Geno Smith against the 49ers who, look, if you had any concerns long-term about if this is a, that was sticky, I think it's very clear that this is kind of who they were and who we thought they were. Trent Williams back. Debo, uh, Debo Samuel back. Like this team is all that. I kind of think that we thought they were early in the season. Uh, really, really like, again, like they think the Brock Purdy MVP stuff probably got out and, you know, jumped the shark a little bit, man. He's been, he's really good quarterback and a really good system with a crap ton of weapons. Connor, what are your thoughts on, uh, San Francisco and Seattle?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to come to no surprise, but I think the Seattle plus seven was, was a little bit interesting. Um, I'm not saying that it's like wildly mispriced or anything, but I think it would, I thought it would be close to like six, um, especially at home for, for Seattle here. Um, Niners lost to Funga as well. Who's, you know, I think, I mean, solid in a lot of ways, heavy, you know, heavy hitter, not necessarily uh, fantastic in coverage all the time, but um, I, I don't know. I, I think that Seattle here is an interesting leg. If we're getting Geno healthy, you know, again, that's, I think kind of a big if. So there's like a lot of ifs here with this. Um, if he's healthy, I think the plus seven is a good look. If he's not, then it's probably a stay away from me. So I'll probably keep continuing to monitor it. I did put a little bit on Seattle at seven, though, because I I don't think it really closes there.
0: I think it's a little higher than I was expecting to. I I just like San Francisco. I thought maybe I'd be interested in San Francisco, like you know, being at five or five and a half. So um, I think San Francisco is the side, but I don't have a ton of interest at this price. Clark, where are you at with this one?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think the number's right. I took a little nibble on San Francisco minus six at open because – Uh, I was, you know, uncertainty at quarterback. And if it's Geno Smith, that's just simply too low. I mean, sorry, if it's Drew Locke, that's way too low. Um, If it's Geno Smith, I think, yeah, and that six and a half to seven range is probably fair. The 49ers are an absolute truck, and there's no way that I'd bet against them right now. Um, You know, Hufanga matters a a little bit, I guess, but really the strength of their defense is the front seven. Um, And so I think Geno Smith has been a quarterback in the last two years that has big splits in his play when he's playing against really good defenses. And I do think the four ers is a really good defense. So uh, it's not a situation where I, I want any action on Gino and, you know, four ers come out and score a touchdown early. I, I think this is kind of a game where we turn it off by halftime because it's, you know, we've seen this film before, like we saw it in the playoffs last year, the Seahawks made a game of it for a half. And then it was like, wait, how did the Niners win by 20? Uh, I think that's the disparity between these teams. And I think it's the same this year as it was last year. So not looking to get involved on the Seahawks. It's just a question of Geno Smith and Price for me on the Niners.
0: Trip to fans starts to kick in. Things start to slow down. You know you second you know visit up to the dessert table. It's this starts to like crawl out to like twenty points, twenty yeah, it's a it's a we'll watch the second half uh, another time. So maybe before we watch this next game, because we have a f- Black Friday game uh, Friday afternoon. The Dolphins are in New York against the Jets. This was six and a half in the look ahead market. Uh, and now the Jets are changing from Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle and it's ballooned to nine and a half, uh, 10 uh, in most spots. Nine and a half is on Vandals. Total is down at 41. Like if we have Zach Wilson, who no one thinks anything of no offense as a quarterback in the NFL, it's just not working out for you, but like, I'm sorry. It, you know, Good, good luck. I hope you can cash checks as a backup quarterback for a very long time. Starting quarterback thing has not happened. But the markets told us that Tim Boyle is significantly worse. And we've seen Tim Boyle a handful of times. He's actually spent most of his career in the NFC North. We did get three starts in Detroit a handful of years ago, Connor. Did not go very well. Um, what are your thoughts here on this now moving almost to 10 uh, and 10 in some spots with uh, Miami?
1: Yeah, so... I, I, Clark and I disagree on this game heavily. And I think that's why it's exciting one to bring up here at the end. Um, my handicap revolves around a couple of things. So not just Tim Boyle being, you know, arguably one of the worst starter that we've seen this season, uh, you know, at this, at this point, because we look at his career NFL stats, 60% completion rate, three to nine touchdown interception ratio. Yeah. Nine interceptions, 5.1 yards per attempt. I mean, easily the worst starter in the league. uh, If you put it out over a full season, college stats, three years at UConn. You know, maybe he was better at college, 48% completion rate, four and a half yards per attempt, one passing touchdown in three seasons, and 13 interceptions. Um, I mean, truly a marvel. He got drafted. He got drafted because he was 6'4, 240 pounds, comes in the NFL, makes buddies as Aaron Rodgers' backup for three to four years, uh, and then made a lot of connections that way. Had a little stint in Detroit where he got a couple starts, was, you know, again, very bad. And now Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the press conference, like, yeah, he's like my little brother. Like, I love Tim Boyle, you know, like, that, that is, in my mind, the only reason he's getting this start. Um, now, I obviously, we already talked about that Zach Wilson, I think very, very lowly of, you know, like, again, bottom three to five passer, quarterback in the NFL. But to make matters worse, I think there's a couple issues. And it's not, so it's not just a Tim Boyle thing, it's a Tim Boyle in a Nathaniel Hackett system behind a terrible offensive line that now at this point can't run the ball either because their offensive line can't move the ball. So that's like, there's so many different factors here that it's like, even if you gave Tim Boyle a, an opportunity and a good system, I I would be skeptical. But in this whole thing that's going on here, uh, I have a hard time really pushing that at all. And then on the other side, the Dolphins, I don't expect them to have like an offensive bonanza, but I do think that Mike McDaniel saw some things that Miami, that, uh, you know, Buffalo did uh, with attacking the middle of the field and not just, and trying to avoid the outside corners, maybe just I don't know, throw one of their random outside receivers and just let them run wind sprints like Gabe Davis did all game. Just like occupy Sauce, occupy DJ Reed and just attack the middle of the field. If they can do that even remotely well, uh, they'll score enough to win and cover. If they can't, then it'll be a little bit closer than we like. Um, And I think the Miami defense is a little bit better than we've seen as of late. They're still coming together as a unit, kind of getting healthier. So that's my handicap. Nine and a half I like, 10 is still a lean. Uh, I don't think I'd play past that though. Clark, what do you got, bud?
2: Okay, I, I got a question. First of all, how big is Boyle's leash as a quarterback in this game? Ooh, good question.
0: Well, do so you think we might see Trevor Simeon? Because Zach has been bumped down to three. I would not play
1: this with Trevor Simeon. By the way, I
2: would not do right. this one. Right, Trevor Simeon. If Trevor, if Trevor Simeon starts this game, it's probably seven and a half. And I, I don't. I'm not saying my handicap relies on Boyle being benched. I think I think there's multiple avenues. <laughs> i am so here.
0: intrigued. I was really waiting for this. I,
2: was, I think there's multiple avenues here to success for the Jets, and it, most of it comes down to the idea that I don't think the Dolphins are equipped to do what the Bills did because Tua is not Josh Allen. Uh, Tua has struggled with good defenses. It's it's a he's a system quarterback. Like I I I know Tuanan whatever you're not even watching this so who cares? But it's true. he's a system quarterback. <laughs> He came on. He came on the scene early last year and just absolutely dominated for like five or six games. Sucked down the stretch for four games. Comes on this year, absolutely dominates for five or six games again, mostly against bad defenses. Ha- didn't show anything in the big matchups that he that he faced and has now faced uh, or played three straight games that were really just not good. Um, and so I think with the, the film that people are getting on Mike McDaniel's system, like there's there's no counterpunch from the Dolphins. And they're going up against arguably the best defense in the league and the jets who have elite corners that can really disrupt things for Tyree kill. And Tua is one of those quarterbacks that like when things are going well, he is incredible. His timing, his accuracy, his feel for the game is quick, quick decision-making. But when that first read isn't there, and then he looks for the second read it, like it gets downhill real fast. And I think that's kind of what the jets are going to do is disrupt this dolphins offense. And so my concern is one uh, not concern, my my hope for the Jets, because I'm betting on the Jets. Uh, one is that, you know, my offense for the Jets is graded as the worst offense this year or last year of any team with Zach Wilson. So the the downgrade, if there's a downgrade to Boyle, like, I don't even know what that would look like. They, they have to be so bad to justify the price. And even with my Zach Wilson price, I make this seven and a half. So there's option one is Boyle's not as bad as Zach Wilson, right? He's not as mobile, sure. But if he gets the ball out quickly, it it could really be better for this Jets offense. The the quick decision-making. I don't know if he's got it, but if he does, then he could be a better version of this Jets offense than they were with Zach Wilson. That's option one. Option two is they just trade punts back and forth. He's not getting it done. The Dolphins aren't getting it done. Eventually, they're like, this isn't working. Like, Put Simeon out there. And now you get that kind of extra boost from having Simeon come on the field. Maybe he delivers the come, you know the win or the cover i think there are multiple avenues here that basically hinge on the idea that i think this dolphins offense has been struggling for a while and this is a terrible spot for them to get back on track so uh jets defense takes the day uh if they get a couple turnovers for touchdowns or just a couple turnovers one of them for a touchdown i think the jets are alive to win this game and so i like them on the money line plus 410 with the variance of the quarterback <laughs>
1: Um, we should, okay, uh, uh, hear me out. Of first the of all, day. I love
0: Clark. I love, yeah. I, I really do appreciate a different perspective. Um, yeah, I, that's it. I think that that's a, you know, um, that's a unique handicap. And um,
2: I just, just I, first of all,
0: we can rule out part A because we have Tim Boyle tape. We have Tim Boyle. We've seen him. He He's not going to be all of a sudden the quick processor. He's not going to quickly get the ball out accurately. But more um, quickly
2: than Zach Wilson
0: possible but
1: i mean he like literally was he's just never been good ever in his entire life like i don't even was he good at high school go stats what? at fun.
0: uconn are just stunning that is i mean they're a know. sham
1: they make yeah. josh allen look like a superhero at, at wyoming you know what i mean and like his college stats were largely ass too like you know what i mean like this is oh i man. also uh um, i also
2: want to be clear on bet sizing here because i I, I bet the Jets plus 10 and I bet the Jets money line for a much smaller bet. So this is one of those where like, you know, you want your money to be in on the the, the higher value play. Um, and you don't want to over leverage into a, into a high variance plus 410 position. But I do think that there's value in there. Uh, if you like the Jets, I think you should be splitting between both sides.
1: Okay. I have a proposition. All right. So how about this? I, I got the nine and a half. You got the 10. If it lands on 10, no no hat bet. If it's 10 or a Jets win, obviously, you win the hat bet. Or, 10, or 11, 10 and a half or higher, 11 and higher, I win. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. All right, cool. I feel like that's a, that's a good
2: one. Love that. I'm right. going to be get wearing a hat two weeks ago. I want one free <laughs> <TV>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I
0: love it. I, yeah, I mean, look, I, the point I tried to make at the top, I hope it's interesting. an interesting game. we got an island game on a Friday that could be fun. Uh, if it's just an absolute snoozer. That's, that's not, uh, that's not great. So I'm um, hoping Tim Boyle shows up a little bit or uh, that it's, that it's somewhat interesting. So any I'm, other thoughts here that works in the board?
2: I, Go I, I, I'm going to SGP Clark is coming back for a second. Cause I, I absolutely killed it with the, the Tommy DeVito last week. Right? Um, so my, my SGP hat is I'm going to test the decorrelation prices for Boil passing yards and you know Jets money line or Jets spread because sort that's kind of my handicap right is like entirely defensive led win. If they give me a, an extra decorrelation boost for kind of partnering up those two things, I think there could be value. I'm gonna play around with some stuff. I'll let you guys know in the Discord uh, what I come up with.
0: So sort of like a boil passing yards under, but the Jets win.
2: Yeah, right. If they if they give me a boost like in, in terms <laughs> of why it's decorrelated, we'll give you some extra odds. Like you know, Trevor Simeon comes in. Sure. Great.
1: <laughs> Get like a Boyle pick. I'm, I'm curious, honestly curious what that price is going to be like. I mean, what is a Boyle interception price? Uh, also I did look up his high school stats. He, I confirmed was good in high school. Well, kind of 28, t- 21 touchdowns, eight interceptions, uh, 190 yards a game in high school. That's not bad. It's also interesting. I Tim Boyle and I graduated high school the same year. So that's kind of fun would you look at that yeah i i feel no, like I'm, I'm i don't feel bad no i'm not like punching down with, like some young guy like they were the same age you know like yeah no, you, nobody's
2: <laughs> nobody's worried about Tim Boyle. he's doing fine for himself yeah I mean, he'll go he out, you know, some ayahuasca
0: yeah whatever he's doing yeah. with rogers um <laughs> you know mushrooms and wh- however they bonded i'm sure they're uh they'll be fine um Patriots shouldn't be three and a half point favorites against anybody right now. Um,
2: <laughs> I was wondering about that.
0: They shouldn't. They have no business being three and a half point favorites against you're anyone. You're right,
2: Noonan. You're right. They should be six point favorites.
1: Oh. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to back your boy, Danny. Oh,
2: no. no, 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 no. Tommy DeVito is about to get his face ripped off by the Patriots. Uh,
0: who, who, by who? who on that defense is ripping faces off? No one's ripping faces off on the defense anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah but they played, they play cover. They, they play, play disciplined in coverage. And the only thing the giants were able to do against the giant or the commanders was capitalize against blown coverages and have Saquon Barkley make six sideline catches. Like that's not going to work against the Patriots. He takes nine sacks against that pass rush in Washington. Like, Good luck against Bill Belichick with two weeks to prepare. And Bill Belichick, I'm not buying the whole Patriots are tanking thing. Like Bill Belichick has too much pride. This is this is a game we always talk about how much we love backing Bill Belichick against inexperienced quarterbacks. Like Tommy DeVito might be a dream for him. Like this, this, I mean, ults are in play. This could get ugly.
0: I like it when he has dogs to go get the job done. Right now, he does not have. I God, I hope they lose. I really hope that they lose this football game. Uh, Be fantastic. that's it. We, we don't even know. Bailey Zappi? I don't mean, care. Wee Cunningham? Care. I don't even know. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's a Look, I think it's a we're going I don't want to get into draft talk. We're 6 months away. It feels like a, like a three-dog draft. Um there are like three stars. You want to be in the top 3. Yeah, don't mess that up by winning a November game against the Giants and costing yourself a a top 3 pick. Uh yeah. Connor, any thoughts on uh, on the board here for week 12?
1: Uh, no, but I have a ticket on Patriots' worst record that you guys laughed at uh, in the preseason, uh, as well as Titans' worst record, which is still long shot, and Giants now. So I really need the Panthers to step it up, man. Um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this
0: yeah, could be the like, week, this could be a week,
1: yeah, against the Titans. This would be a pivotal week, uh, for me. I really hope that Panthers ticket is gonna, yeah, get a dub here. I don't know if you saw Kevin Cole, one of the data guys, tweeted out a chart. It's like, uh, for rookies in their first 10 games, it was like, uh, PFF grade and then like EPA per player, something like that. And there was like different buckets, uh, of, you know, like basically that I like outlined and Bryce Young was obviously in the lowest bucket of like 10 guys. And the best guy in that bucket was Josh Allen, which Bryce Young obviously has none of the same attributes. And like that, that's just not even on the spectrum. And then the next bucket, which you want to lump in, it was like 25 guys. The next guys were talking about like Derek Carr, maybe Andy Dalton, like, these are guys you don't really want to aspire to be. That you're not super stoked that you spend a first overall pick on. So things are not rosy right now for Bryce, and I'm worried. But at the same time, I'm not running to lay four with the Titans there. But I, you know, I, I don't really have too much, uh, you know, across the board this week since we're on Tuesday. But I wanted to add that on the the, the Panthers Titans game there because I need I need a big Panthers dub, but I have literally zero confidence in it.
2: Yeah, it's Panthers or pass. You can't can't lay forward the Titans. I don't think
0: i strongly agree with that yeah yeah you <laughs> just you can't bad. with the titans right now <laughs> yeah, the Will roller coaster by the way has
2: not been
1: that fun lately uh you know i was very excited mm. to hop on and it's been like uh the lamest ride in the in the roll in the park lately it's not, not I ha- that i had well, someone message
2: me that was like hey I, you know jags titans box store looks a little misleading like they had you know 5.6 yards per play or whatever and i'm like yeah they had two bombs when it was already a 27 point game like they weren't able to do anything outside of that
1: (laughs) yeah not good not good
0: (laughs) oh all right yeah like I said tuesday that wraps us up the best uh that we could do for now but again uh more to come uh on the site and the discord again if you missed the top 1999 for the rest of the year um no promo code even you just head over to Bettsburts or that's four for four dot com uh slash plans bets is our parent company um Go to betsportsgolf.com and buy a subscription there too. 4 um, for slash plans, no promo code, Nineteen ninety nine for our betting subscription. We'll take you through uh, the end of February to continue to access all that we do and all the uh, the bets that we have over on 4 4 So good stuff as always. Uh, for Connor and Clark, I'm Ryan. Uh, we will see you on Friday a little bit earlier for Prop Drop. Enjoy your Thanksgiving or whatever you do with your family or whatever you do to celebrate. Hopefully you're off work and you enjoy yourself. Until uh, next time. Thanks everybody. So